You're listening to the Nomcast, a proud member of Forgotten Entertainment. Hello, and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right, big show on tap for you all today. Later on the show, I sit down with film blogger Chris Frodell of Arguing With Myself as we review the number one movie on Netflix right now, The Unforgivable, starring Sandra Bullock in her first film back in the movie landscape since her Netflix hit from three years ago, Bird Box. Maybe you heard of it. Possibly even heard our review on this podcast, one of our very first episodes. Ah, memories. But before we get to that review, I want to do a little bit of award season. Most, if not all, the major critical bodies have published their best films of the year lists, and some of the biggest critical award shows have announced their nominees, or in the case of the Gotham Awards, they have already had their awards night and crowned their winners. So how did the Netflix films of 2021 fare in these lists and competitions? I think Team Netflix would be pretty pleased with themselves as they had seven films get multiple nominations, and I would say almost all of them have a great shot of at least one nomination at the Oscars. That's pretty impressive. So let's do a quick stock up, stock down for these seven Netflix award films and dig a little deeper into these results. All right, first up, stock up for The Power of the Dog. After a pretty strong run through the critical bodies, including the New York Film Critics Association, the film also landed seven Golden Globe nominations and 10 Critics' Choice nominations, and pretty much solidifying its case as Netflix's number one contender for Best Picture this year, and definitely a top five contender for Best Picture overall, as we start to put together who we think the 10 Best Picture nominees will be at the Oscars. Next up, stock up for Don't Look Up. Uh, We will do our full review of this film next week, but as for how well this movie is being received nationally thus far, look no further than the four Golden Globe nominations and six Critics' Choice nominations they received this week, and making the National Board of Review's top films of the year list as the only Netflix entry. That feels pretty good for Team Adam McKay, and, you know, obviously that means that they got it, and the power of the dog did not, so that's got to feel pretty good for them as well. I feel like this film has definitely moved into that second tier of possible Best Picture nominees at the Oscars after what I think are the absolute locks in Power of the Dog, Dune, West Side Story, and Belfast. On probably the third tier of potential Best Picture nominees is our next stock up, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, When this movie first came out, you really only heard people talk about Andrew Garfield in the Best Actor category, and I was... I didn't understand. I said, why? This movie is getting a ton of critical praise. The stats backed me up to put it in at least in the same class as a King Richard or Coda. 
And then slowly the tide started to turn and a bunch of critical bodies started to recognize the film as one of the best of the year. And some even went so far as to recognize Lin-Manuel Miranda for his direction or the film's editing or screenplay. And then the big awards started to come out and they are still in the conversation as the movie was named one of the best movies of the year by AFI, the Film Institute, not the band, though I'm pretty sure Davey Havoc might be a big Jonathan Larson fan. Eh, I guess that's still debatable. Uh, but the film also received two Golden Globe nominations and two Critics' Choice nominations, both for Best Picture and Best Actor. So now the tough conversation that most Oscar pundits are trying to get through is whether Netflix can actually get three of the 10 Best Picture nominations at the Oscars. And I think that is the only thing that makes sense for this film to lose steam at this point. We will talk more next week when we cover Don't Look Up in Full, but I definitely think it's an interesting conversation about what the preference would be for number two and number three in the Netflix pecking order and definitely what my preference would be because really... That's the only thing that matters in this dojo. Am I right? So come back next week for that conversation. Uh, we'll get to a couple more films to end this segment. Another stock up for The Lost Daughter. I hope to see the movie this weekend, and I'm definitely increasing my hype level for it after it dominated at the Gotham's, winning four of its five nominations. It also received four Independent Spirit Award nominations two Golden Globe nominations, and two Critics' Choice nominations. Now, you may be asking yourself, Andrew, with all those wins and nominations, why is this film below Tick, Tick, Boom in your pecking order? Very good question. It really comes down to best picture prospects to me because, you know, a small few of the critical bodies have put this film in their top tens of the year, and the best picture wins they do have only really separated themselves from some of the other smaller films of the year that may have thought they were better contenders for the larger award shows than they maybe really were. Uh, but with all that said, The Lost Daughter is still very much alive in Best Actress for Olivia Coleman and Best Adapted Screenplay uh, for all the major shows going forward. And we will see if they can continue to rack up more wins Look out for the independent spirits there and maybe a few more nominations and acknowledgements on their road to Oscar nomination time. But, of course, with all stock ups, you got to get your first stock down. And that one happens to go to the film that was dominated by The Lost Daughter at the Gotham Awards. And that is Passing, uh, a film we very much liked on this podcast. But unfortunately, it didn't win any of their five nominations at the Gotham's. And they only managed two Film Independent Spirit Awards. And one of those is for cinematography, which is a loaded category this year as far as like the bigger films go. So I think their chances really kind of narrowed down to the shoulders of Best Supporting Actress nominee, hopeful Ruth Nega, who got the nomination at the Golden Globes and the Indie Spirits after losing at the Gotham. So she still has an outside shot at being kind of the fifth spot at the Oscars, but they are definitely starting to fade as this season has unfolded, which is a shame as I think she was definitely the best part of that movie. Our last two films real quick are Stock Up, 
for The Hand of God, receiving Best Foreign Language Film nominations for Golden Globes and Critics' Choice, so it's keeping up the pace to be a part of the Final Five at the Oscars in that category. Congrats go out to Paolo Sorrentino for that. And then a slight stock down for the Mitchells versus the Machines. I am still very optimistic that this movie has a chance to win Best Animated Feature this year, but... I have to at least mention that even though several critical bodies across the country have named it Best Animated Feature of the Year for them, and it did get the Critics' Choice nomination for that award as well, it does concern me that it did lose to Encanto for National Border Review, and it didn't even get nominated at the Golden Globes. That definitely stings. Uh, Does it hurt them long term? I honestly don't know. I think we have to look maybe into the smaller uh, animation guilds and, and some of these other uh, things going forward in terms of that. Um, the category has been super competitive thus far this year. And I think a win at Critics' Choice and maybe, like I said, something maybe in the guilds gets them right back to where they need to be or at least maybe where they were before this recent round of critical nominations came out. But for right now, you got to think that Encanto has the edge in the early going. So that's stock up, stock down for the early award season thus far. Like I said, more of that talk next week when we look deeper into Don't Look Up. But as for this episode, we'll take a quick break and then we'll review The Unforgivable a movie that once had awards talk aspirations for this year, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Does it make it a bad movie? Is it still worth a watch? Stick around for our review with Chris Rodell in just one minute. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies and their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, Chris Rodell of Argument Myself is back on the pod. It's been way too long. I assume he's here to promote his erotic Bird Box fan fiction, if I'm not mistaken. But we will also cover the latest Sandra Bullock film, The Unforgivable, as well. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. I'm doing great. I mean, people are going to love this Bird Box fan fiction, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's tough to say, but you'll love it in the end. (laughs) It's it's like any time... You can, you know, take away one of your senses. It just heightens the experience for exactly. everything. And why not also anal? Right? That's yeah, what we that's do. That's right. Here. That's right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and you that was the elevator pitch. By... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're higher. 
<laughs> I'm so I so hate myself for bringing that up. So uh, good to no. see you, sir. I am uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're doing uh, a movie in English for you. I guess maybe for once. Although I because obviously for anyone who doesn't know the inside mm-hmm. joke here, uh, Chris is usually on so many movies yeah. where it's either at least partially or almost all in subtitles so foreign ambassador yes so chris is our nomcast foreign ambassador with a passport uh with all kinds of stamps what i will allow for this particular podcast if if you'd like is this this particular movie is based on a bbc miniseries so you can just rip out that and just be like yep this movie is now english i will take uh my my london stamp you know, put put the Queen's English on and, uh, you know, read from the James and and get there. Andrew, I am now going to talk like this <laughs> throughout the rest of the podcast. Honestly, it will class it up real fast. I love how I went from like bird box fan fiction to now we're going to speak in the Kings. <laughs> well, that's the thing that makes it classy. Yes, right? exactly. Like uh, Lady Chatterley, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Either way, man. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, this movie, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you're here because this movie is um, another one for the Nomcast uh, and the Netflix record books, where it's like a movie that you talk about like all year. Like, could this potentially be something? And then it arrives, and you just go, <sighs> um, so. Uh, so it was a movie, and it's going to be right. uh, something we talk about. But it's weird because we're right in the midst of you know all the big seasons, the holiday season, Oscar season. Like we're in all these things, and then something like this comes up, and you're just like, "Yeah, right." We still put just straight like regular dramas out during yeah. this period too. So we'll get to you know what we think of it in in a moment. But the first thing I, I missed. You know, we went back and forth on on the messages, going back and forth, talking yeah. about this movie, and also kind of talking about Sandra Bullock as a whole. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things where we were even kind of like trying to do our own Mount Rushmores uh, and trying to decipher like what our feelings were on Sandra Bullock. So, did, did anything when we were going back and forth like kind of crystallize for you? Because the one thing that everyone likes to kind of say is that she's sort of like the the actress side Tom Hanks like that she's been around for a long time she could do yeah. comedy she she's won an Oscar you know she could do a serious role you know but and and she's some America's people labor at some point right exactly America's yeah. sweetheart kind of label you know where like we talk where it was like it was Julia Roberts and then she kind of mm-hmm. stopped asking you know, acting as much. So it kind of got passed to her, you know, and and we felt this thing, but I don't know, man, like, especially like maybe also just like Tom Hanks, it's like sometimes a great role will pop up. But if you look at like past the year 2000, how we doing, you know what I mean? Like it's it's more few and far between after you get like this rocket stardom. Right. Uh, I think with uh, Tom Hanks though, uh, Tom Hanks has uh, a lot, that we can say is good. Yeah, for you sure. Know, uh, with her, it's hit or miss. It really is. Uh, I look at it as there are TV actors and then there's movie stars. Right. Right. And she falls somewhere in the middle where I, I don't feel like she's that movie star quality. 
even though some people, uh, you know, kind of want to put her in that position. I also but, think she wants to be, you oh, know, of course. And that's why she goes for these roles. These, you know, uh, roles to show her range. Right. You know, I do have range. Eh, do you? Do you yeah. have? <laughs> um, but she, uh, I'm not saying she has TV acting quality. But right. It's like somewhere in the middle where, you know, she can be put on TV and no one will bat an eye. Uh, yeah, I can see her deviating and do big, that. Big, big, you know, events. You know? Yeah, because every movie for her in the late ninety, like mid to late nineties, and into maybe the early two thousands, she was an event. Like once she became where she could be like the lead of a movie, it became yeah. like Sandra Bullock movies are an event, and to an extent they still are. I just wonder whether it's like a hardcore set of fans versus like we all care, you know? No, it's hardcore. It's so, it's it's those you know people in the in her corner just rah rah, you know. And, she can and there's do anything, pretty much. And 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 I feel like, and I said this to you. I'm like, I, I if my wife was making a Mount Rushmore mm. of Sandra Bullock movies. And I'm making about Rushmore of Sandra Bullock movies. It's yeah. a vastly different conversation. And, you know, and I, because again, I think some people go to Sandra Bullock for certain things if you're not a hardcore fan. Maybe you only like her when she's trying to be funny. You know, you like the heat right. or you like Miss Congeniality or something, or even like while you were sleeping, you know, kind of a rom com version. Yeah. And, or you're like, Oh no, I like her when she finally gets serious and does a good movie with a good director. See Gravity uh, for something like that. Or right. she happened to be in Crash, you know, that won the best picture or something like that. That's a whole other separate mm -hmm. conversation about Crash. You, were, <laughs> you and I were kind of having that conversation yeah. off air too. But, you know, there are many versions of her. Or you can just straight go, I haven't loved anything since Speed. And I'd be like, okay. I, like, I yeah. wouldn't kill you for it. You know, because no. it's like, yeah, that's no. my version of Sandra Bullock, and I just lock on, and that's fine. Because like between you know, Demolition Man, The Net, uh, <laughs> Speed, and you know, mm -hmm. While You Were Sleeping, or like that kind of nexus uh, of that period, like that's most people's Sandra Bullock, and they just kind of like went, oh yeah, she still does stuff, but like that was like her height to a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, what was it? The, wasn't the last thing that she did was. Uh, Bird Box, or yeah, no? So I'm she sorry, has... the, she did the voice for uh, Despicable Me. Other than that, she hasn't been in the limelight. Yeah, her last movie was Bird Box. So, yeah. and that was three years ago. Why do I know that? Because my podcast is actually I didn't even make a big deal about it. I'm such a ham. Yeah, uh, on Friday, yeah, yeah, that was our three year anniversary, and so happy anniversary to all of us. Happy um, anniversary, and, buddy. Thanks, buddy. And um, so. Yeah, so, and Bird Box, I think, was like episode four or five somewhere for this podcast. Yeah, so it was somewhere in that late December, early January, just like this movie is. And, mm -hmm. you know, so, but that's three solid years that this, uh, you know, that she hasn't been in anything. And now, again, the pandemic can speak to some of that. You can also just look at, like, her last few projects, though. Are we Are yeah. we gushing about where her career is going right now? Because you and I noted uh, off air that it was like her last four after Gravity, 
And it, well, I'll say Gravity and The Heat were both 2013. Very good year for her. And that's okay. eight years ago now, almost nine. And the, she's done four films in between. It's Our Brand is Crisis, Ocean's 8, Bird Box, and now The Unforgivable. And if you go by, you know, the ratings, even for like uh, people, not critical scores, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking, you know, c- you know, C averages, you know, a bunch yeah. of like that was a movie kind of attitudes uh, coming after two of her more solid movies in her career with Gravity and the Heat. So it's interesting where she is now. A little side note. Yeah. Uh, you said Bird Box starring Sandra Bullock was uh-huh. uh in your earlier stages yes the heat was a movie i reviewed in my earliest earliest stages of uh, arguing with myself oh very nice yeah. yeah yeah so again the similarities are are <laughs> yeah. astounding you and i one person sir yep one we, person we've established that's it. that over time that's it <laughs> but so now that we've kind of seen yeah. where her career's kind of gone we're, we're kind of you know I don't know. I'm I'm kind of up in the air where she definitely currently is. I don't know if I've always been her biggest fan over the years. I know she's she's talented. I will admit to that. I will admit to liking certain movies. I know yeah. that you uh, have T-shirts made up of the lake house in your basement yeah. that you're trying to sell. Uh, so if you want to put the link out for that, that's fine, too. That's my other fan fiction, too. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, the lake house actually sounds like it would be. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. kind of based? Oh no, on, I lean like, hard into that. I yeah. lean hard into that. I think you're just. Are you that? Those were sponsored by the postal service, right? So that it's getting people back into sure was. letter writing. Yep. <laughs> yep. How much are the stamps for this lake house? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so you know, in varying degrees over the years. So I, I when I went into this movie, I wasn't like excited for a Sandra Bullock movie, but I also thought, okay, well, if she is trying to do the Oscar bait type thing again, yep. well, she's been reasonably successful at that. She doesn't do it very often. And when she does mm-hmm. a lot of times it will work out in terms of some kind of notoriety, whether it's for the film or just for herself, um, see the, you know, her win for the blind side, see gravity, you know, see crash, Things like that, like it kind of works a decent amount of the time. You know, something like 28 Days or something was probably trying to be that, but didn't, um, you know. But for the most part, she's kind of like in this zone of trying to make kind of just popcorn movies. She's a movie star, as you said. Like, you know, she's trying to play that role as long as she's going to do it uh, and she's going to be front and center. This movie is a little bit different because, A, She's a producer on the film. So I yeah. think part of it was to get this made. It was like, yes, this is me. This is how this is going to happen. And it's going to go. Because this movie, for a long time, um, kind of went through all kinds of iterations. It was mm-hmm. a movie that was originally announced in 2010. So it's been yeah. around quite a long time. Uh, producer Graham King wanted Angelina Jolie to play Ruth Slater. So they hired... Uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who's known for like The Usual Suspects and the Mission Impossible films, uh, to write a script tailored specifically for Angelina Jolie. She never officially signs on, and over the next few years, the movie goes through all kinds of other writers, directors, uh, thoughts of different people for, you know, the lead, and then, you know, 
Macquarie even was supposed to direct it at one point. That went away. Uh, Scott Frank, nope, gone. Uh, and so then it stalled, and then it went back into development in 2019 to get into kind of the iteration that we see here. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's all based on, an, I believe, a 2009 BBC series called The Unforgiven, uh, which obviously, or Unforgiven, excuse me, not The Unforgiven. Yeah. And, uh, and then they needed to kind of come up with an alternate title. So for a while there, it was just the untitled Graham King project. It was the untitled Nora Fingshite project. It was just mm -hmm. any kind of random thing. And then they finally landed on The Unforgivable. So... It's also a movie that we kind of highlighted in our uh, year preview, kind of looking at what films might land in the awards conversation. And then, you know, the movie gets uh, a release date and it's smack dab in that perfect prime spot for Oscar contention. So for a movie that has, you know, Sandra Bullock, Rob Morgan, John Bernthal, Vincent D'Onofrio, Viola Davis, and, and on and on and on. Yeah. And and Nora Fingshite has uh, a, one of the best reviewed movies that not a lot of people have seen, System Crashers, which is on Netflix in in America. Um and yeah, like it got like a 90 metacritic score. It's like super high rated. It didn't get like award stuff, which is wild, but it, it definitely got very high critical praise. And it's this is her follow-up to that. Um and the, eventually the the script ended up being written by uh they attributed to three writers i wonder where it went first and then probably these people doctored it up but yeah. i mean you're talking peter craig who wrote the town and two of the hunger game movies hillary seitz who did insomnia and eagle eye and then courtney yeah. miles who was a writer for Mindhunter. which so it's a lot of things that i like yeah a lot of a lot of good pedigree yeah and it's all right here <laughs> you know when you when you could say like viola davis who's one of the best living actresses we have right now as some small part in this movie you're like jesus yeah. this must be a stacked project uh, that's gonna just transcend everything and be a huge play for netflix at the end of the year but then we watch them <laughs> <laughs> and then and then this also even got like a limited uh run in theaters and you know hmm. and that's when i started to kind of see like some of the critical scores come out and it kind of went as a lot of things go, including Bird Box, where you're seeing people liking it way more. It's an incredible people pleaser. It it pleases all the Sandra Bullock fans out there, but yeah. the critics are just like shaking their heads and not knowing what to do with this thing. Because right now, IMDb is 7.2, which again is people, not yeah. critics. The meta score, a Metacritic score is 41, which is not good. No. Uh, tomato meter, which is usually actually higher than Metacritic, is at 39%. It's already rotten on, wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. But it has an 82% audience score and 3.1 on Sandra Letterboxd. Sandra Bullock fans. I know. Yeah. So that's kind of where her movies have kind of gone, where like her people and you know generally people who have followed her over the years in some regard seem to be like, yeah, that was a good movie. And then all the critics are like, what the hell did you watch? Yeah, I know. Uh, so this one, we'll get into our own opinions in a, in a minute. But yeah, I think it's the same song and dance. Uh, I don't know which part we're going to fall into. Um, but for anyone who uh, hasn't seen it or wants to kind of know what this is about, 
uh, like I said, based on a BBC miniseries yeah. about a woman who's released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime, uh, who reenters a society that refuses to forgive her past, facing severe judgment from the place she once called home. Her only hope for redemption is finding the estranged younger sister she was forced to leave behind. Of course, Bullock is said released prisoner uh, reentering society. And wow, um, this is an interesting movie. Um, that I definitely want to know uh, your opinion first, and then we'll kind of go back through a little bit. But yeah, um, whew. Uh, it, it's a movie that I think it, it's right now it's number one on Netflix, and it's no shock because it's a Sandra Bullock movie, the first movie since Bird Box. It's going to get a lot of views. Yeah. But I am seeing it to where I know people who are hardcore Sandra Bullock fans or fans of like true crime stuff or like how they use Netflix, like that typical Netflix user. They, they like this movie. They like it quite a bit, but I, I, I I don't, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I don't hate it. Everyone, I, for how much it was getting panned. I thought this was this year's hillbilly elegy where it was going to be like, this is the one we all make fun of and kind of go like, have these scenes where it's like cringy. It's not that, but because I went in thinking that I think I elevated it too much on first watch. And then when I went back, I was like, Oh, it's, it's borderline incoherent at times. So what'd you think of the movie, Chris? Uh, Prior to our conversations off air, uh, I actually was like, Andrew gave me a good movie. (laughs) I can, I can actually say good things about this. I hope but you sent the, the holiday card in the mail before that, like all the gifts. Did, yeah, came the stamp way. was already on it. it yeah. Went through the lake house. Um, so, yeah, like you were saying, it, it, it uh, it's not great, but it's not terrible. It's somewhere in the middle. Right. You know, uh, I liked it on first watch, but you watched it another time. Right. Uh, and you do a little more research on it because this is your show. Sure, yeah. So me, I'm just doing the assignment by watching it once and being like, all right, I form my opinion. Yes. Don't talk to Andrew before we record because he may sway me. <laughs> right. No. Uh, and uh, it's it, it was good. To, I, I have certain issues with it, but uh, I thought it was... Uh, put together well and maybe was buttoned up a little too much at the end, like right. too perfect. Yeah. I think it's um, smart. It's, it is definitely a smart construction when you mm-hmm. kind of know how you're moving the football and how you're kind of trying to get empathy for a character that once it's all said and done, I think you can have empathy for, but I also don't know why it changes my outlook on the circumstances surrounding what she's seeking, which is a big part of this movie. Yeah. And and I don't want to like spoil stuff too hard, but just as an overall thought, I think what Second Watch did for me, it really kind of showed especially at, there's a big reveal in the, in the film. They kind of hide the football uh, where it's like, they're showing you stuff in flashback, but they're not showing you the whole story 
until the very end of the movie. And right. when you look at certain scenes, when you go with just the information you were given at the time that those scenes happen, yep. I often side with not Sandra Bullock. And yeah. that's an interesting thing because I think if Sandra Bullock is not the person here, say Angelina Jolie is the person. Yeah. Am I giving her the benefit of the doubt because she's Sandra Bullock, played by Sandra Bullock? Or am huh. I giving her the benefit of the doubt because she's the lead of this movie? And I'm like, no way would they kind of like make this movie about a character that I don't know what they want for me to start. But you would figure Sandra Bullock is not doing a like, I'm a murderer story or like I'm this hardened person with no redemption kind of story so you figure there has to be more to it so you just kind of keep rolling with the punches yeah. until the end occurs and you kind of see how they want to perceive this character and how they want to wrap up her story and then you go back and then you think about some of those other scenes and it really makes you question whether what transpires is the best thing for all parties and it it makes me, especially as a parent, go. I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't I, without with, without again like without you know ruining everything. I think we'll do spoilers in a sec, so I'll I'll, I'll you know we'll go in deeper for anyone who's seen yeah. it, and we'll kind of like give some more pointed questions. Um, the one thing I will say, as far as like nice things to say, I think <laughs> there are several scenes um, with the people who I think are the best part of this movie, or at least in the supplemental roles. I mm -hmm. think this stuff with her parole officer, Rob Morgan adds real depth to a story like this. Yeah. I think the John Bernthal character adds a lot of depth and gives you uh, a lot of good questions to kind of interrogate as this movie goes on. Cause yep. what's at the heart of this movie uh, ultimately is not what a lot of this movie talks about early on i actually like kind of the conversations of the whole the unforgivable about it you know of it yeah. all because you're literally trying to deal with you know how we treat criminals upon release what crimes are truly unforgivable there's a, a throwaway line by viola davis at one point kind of interrogating about you know white privilege in terms oh, yeah. of her early release or how she's able to even seek out the things that she wants or even thinks she can get away with trying yeah, to do such things and you know there so there's a lot of kind of things that you have to look at and go yeah the, all, some of these scenes are borderline nonsensical or laughable if you think about yeah. it when you're talking about her current predicament and people's reaction to her um and i wonder if they are also like is that Sandra Bullock, let's see what she has to say. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, uh, if they're doing the same thing that kind of like what a lot of the people watching Netflix are doing, then maybe it's okay. Um, yeah. But so I think those characters really get at, you know, the kind of the examples of the true raw fear of being back on the outside, you know, the fear of being fined out for what you did, the fear of letting people in, the fear of letting what she did define her as a person and can't move on. There's a lot of those things that they talk about early on where I was like, huh, maybe this movie's going in a different direction than I think. And then, you know, as it kind of unfolds, it becomes, you know, more of this less than a procedural kind of more action, you know, and crime like stuff going on to really kind of 
rein in a story. Right. What did you more appreciate, I guess, uh, thinking about the movie more than maybe its flaws? I did like that it didn't lean too heavy into cliches. Like, you think it's going towards this, uh, you know, obviously, they're going this route. And then they subvert it by going elsewhere or, right. like, not leaning so hard into it. Like, uh, I was kind of like, oh, really, they're going to do this with her and John Bernthal. I was right. like, you know, of course she's going to have a relationship. You know, she's just out in the real world. <laughs> yeah. She made a friend and, you yeah. know, and they're going to find love throughout all this chaos. Sure. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. Uh, there were certain things like, you know, she truly was unforgivable for the crime that she did that the people that were aware of it, she was treated like dirt. Right. She was, uh, you know, the scene at the fish market or the, the fish warehouse. Yeah, her job, yeah. woman just beats the crap out of her because my brother's a cop. Yeah, or my father's okay. cop. Like, yeah, it was father, like a yeah. legacy. Uh, yeah. we're, we're all associating uh, what she did in her past with the people that are closest to us. Right. Um, and, uh, there were certain scenes that, you know, it's not so cut and dry. Right. You know, so I appreciated that about it. But then, you know, there are those times where, you know, they kind of lean towards those cliches. And it's just yeah. like, oh, we know how this is going to turn out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will say, uh, the, not to give anything away, but uh, the third act, I really didn't know how that was going to come out, how that was going to uh, culminate with uh, with everyone's interactions. So I was like, Oof. <laughs> I'm curious how this is all going to come to a close. And, right. uh, you know, in that sense, I did appreciate this as a, a, a story. So. Yeah, it, it's a very watchable movie that mm-hmm. it works itself quick enough during all this information that, that it doesn't allow the viewer to kind of dwell too hard because I think if they did dwell, that's when the movie actually doesn't work as well. I cite, um, there's a a moment right in the middle of the movie where there's a meeting between Ruth Slater, her lawyer in in an office. And there's a, (laughs) when it slows down and really starts to like ask the questions that the audience should be asking itself. And instead it's kind of interrogating what, Ruth Slater's intentions are and everything else. It's a it's an awkward scene, and and it doesn't look yeah. good for the person you're supposed to be kind of following and rooting for. So I think that's a movie. If you go back, once it all goes down, it kind of it doesn't sit well. It it's not rewatchable at all. It's actually very cringy. Um, it's probably some of the the lesser stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an excessive use of the flashbacks. We kind of talked about that off air, too, where they kind of they harken back to this one, again, pivotal moment in her life uh, that, you know, deserves to be gone over. But when you're kind of just having not one but two characters have the same flashback that yeah. is also to us not giving us the full story, then that's also a problem of you know what this actually means to us because right now all you're doing is showing me like the same 20 seconds 15 seconds five seconds over and over and over where it's like okay 
I get it. There's something more here, but you're not showing me. I get it. Yeah. You gave me one extra detail every time, maybe. And instead, some, a lot of it just feels very repetitive. Also, the the brothers of the uh, of the deceased uh, part of the crime in the beginning of the film, yeah. they're, they're a little rough to watch at times. And I don't know if I needed them to have their own kind of extra subplot to i don't know if it works uh to, to matter with this whole movie i wonder if that was something that was part of the miniseries with maybe if you have just a little more time or maybe you're you're able to kind of structure it a little bit differently that maybe it makes more sense but i don't i don't need to see the extra family drama with yeah. them on top of everything some of it I, works a lot of it doesn't and i just felt like it was just too much. I just, I just assume it was used to have the flip. You know, one brother was just like, "Oh, we got to do something about this," right? And the other brother's like, "Calm down. What's in the past is in the past." And then this incident happens, and then he's like, "I got to do something." You know, I got yeah. He takes out the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just like. Wait a minute. What what happened here? What really over this is the reason why you're like, no, we got to do something about this, right? It's like, no, you don't. No, Just live your life, man. Yeah, and, and and like I said, that was a lot of the stuff that probably didn't work. Without getting into spoilers, which we'll do yeah. in a second, but you know, there are a lot of things that could you know be interpreted you know especially like when you're trying to figure out like who you should be rooting for and what side you want like they really make it heavy-handed on the people who are opposite sandra bullock considering what she went to jail for that you know very early and what you know yeah. her life is like you're just like they do a very good job of making her sympathetic without you really knowing why and, yeah. and I think that's part of it. The brothers, you know, how she's treated by other people. You're like, you don't treat Sandra Bullock that way. But then if you, if it was any other actress, if it was some no name, you'd be like, well, yeah, of course she's going to get this. You know, she killed somebody. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of turns into a bigger thing. Um, before we get into spoilers, just let's bottom line it for the people. Um, where do you sit with this? You know, out of five stars, where, where does it sit for you? now that you've had some time away from it uh, and coming back to it in a, in a more critical light. I still want to go with a three. I yeah. just, you know, I don't regret watching it. Will I pop it in again? Probably not. That's what we used to say back in the day when we used to have to put in physical media, we <laughs> yes. pop it in. But yeah, now pop it's it in. like, I, I'm not going to stream it again, probably. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with a three only because uh, you know, there's, some good performances in it. Uh, right. Like I said, they didn't, uh, uh, in certain parts, lean too hard into uh, cliches. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll be, I'll be fair you know, <laughs> to Sandy. I'll be fair to her. Yeah, and I, I think, again, like I think this movie gets away with a lot because it is Sandra Bullock. Even to me, where it's like, I just know. I'm like, you make it feel like you're like actually on her not the character's side for a lot of these things it's so yeah. it's such a bizarre feeling to think about i'm close to where you are i think uh i mentioned to you off air where it was like when i first watched it yeah. especially because i went in with such low expectations because it was getting throttled by a lot of critics yeah. <laughs> that i enjoy that was just like oh man this is gonna be like a nightmare and when it wasn't a nightmare i was just like 
huh, but did I like it? <laughs> like so, <laughs> and then once I kind of went through some of that, uh, you know, exploration and kind of read some of the criticisms and then did kind of a rewatch, I was just like, all right, well, it's it's not a hard rewatch. It's not a regrettable rewatch, but it's also when I was watching certain scenes, certain things don't add up nicely or they, they yeah. at least get dinged off of the off of the first moment. Because again, when you know you're having something hidden from you and you've now seen the reveal and you go back, yeah. then you can kind of go, all right, well, now that I know the reveal, I know how I feel probably enough about Sandra Bullock's character, but you don't think about the extra part of the story. So right. I think once I started to do that, I probably went down. I'm I'm probably sitting at a two and a half because That's I fair. think this movie is, like we said, well-constructed enough that it's a very watchable movie. I think they knew what they had and they kind of like sped through certain things to kind of make it, you know, where you're, you're playing the game. Yeah. But once the game is up, then you kind of go back and go, all right, did I enjoy that? Did I like how it ended? Where do uh, I think it ended the only way it could because if you go beyond literally that last frame, you go, oh, this is going to get hard. <laughs> this is going to get hard from here, uh, and we'll yeah. go from there. But I think a two and a half is a, is a good way to go. Um, but before we get out of here, if you if you haven't seen the movie, um, you know. Go watch it and come back for this part because we're going to get spoilery. Um, but I think this is definitely a movie that you have to talk about in spoilers, you know, context yeah. because of the reveal and because of how it really breaks down such a complex story. I'll start here. Um, I may knock it down or go up after the spoils. It's Who possible. Knows? So if you've seen the Who movie, knows? hang tight. See if, see if Chris goes on a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> so... All right, let's let's kind of go and work backwards. So the the big reveal yep. is that she in fact did not murder the person who she who she coped to, literally cop killer, cop uh, to. Uh, I so gotcha. yeah. yeah. So she admits to a crime she didn't commit. Yeah. And and the reason is basically her backstory is that her mother died giving birth her, to her, her little sister. sister. Yeah. And then her father kind of gives up and eventually kills himself. Yeah. And and so it's only Ruth and the little sister left behind in this house and basically uh through those they're events Yeah, there's a foreclosing. Yeah. They're trying to evict her from her home. Um she won't have it cuz she's trying to protect her sister sister and give her uh, a place to live and a life and because she's still very young she's only five years old when this all happens um the sister not sandra bullock and yeah. sandra bullock uh, did you find it hard to kind of know how old she was when that all went down right like so I, in the beginning i could have swore they said she was away for 12 years right and then everyone's saying 20 i'm like so it's 20 so she i think she, she was supposed to be bad hair Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just couldn't put a put a figure on any of it. I kind of gave her the benefit of the doubt saying that maybe she's supposed to be like a late teens, early 20s when it goes down. Yeah. Well, and then she said later that she was like 40. Oh, she says that she said she did say she was 40. So, you know, she's when she says to Viola Davis that she's uh, 
she's been in prison uh, half her life. So right. I'm like, okay, yeah. so she's 40-something. Right. Whatever. So yeah. 20 so, years. So if you put it that way, you know, it's like, okay, so they couldn't afford to live there. Maybe it was too bad. I don't know. Uh, it's farm life. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so basically she says if you if these people come in, try to evict her. She's like, I have a gun. Uh, don't force me to use it. Yeah. And and the gun is out for display. And the reveal is that the five year old Katie, her little sister, yeah. took the gun while she was on the phone. She wasn't looking. She took the gun. And then as soon as the sheriff busts into the house, she shoots him right in the head or the chest or whatever yeah. uh yeah. and and kills him so yeah. and then their reaction is she picks her up takes the rifle you know kind of points at everybody gets into a truck and takes off and then eventually they find her at a diner and and she she goes um yeah. so obviously that's going to make her more sympathetic than like so she's no longer a cop killer yeah. she's now a person who just tried to protect the interests of her little sister. So again, on paper, good on you, Ruth. Happy yeah. for you. However, as a parent, when I'm looking at the situation, so the five-year-old goes into you know foster care. She gets adopted, and her parents have uh, her adoptive parents are basically all she knows, yeah. and and she's been with them you know what fifteen-ish years probably or so. Uh, and then, you know, she, she's a little damaged, but you know, she seems to have a good life with them, a good relationship and everything else. She doesn't really admit to remembering Ruth as like a person. She kind of has flashbacks of certain things, but she yeah. doesn't remember killing that guy. She certainly doesn't remember the context of her relationship with Ruth or what her name was or any of that. So mm -hmm. not enough to go like, well, she's jonesing to reconnect here. And when you look at it, there's that moment, that office scene where the parents talk to Ruth and it's cringy because I'm siding with the parents like the whole time. I'm like when they interrogate who does this benefit besides Ruth, does it benefit Katie? And I argue no, no, because it, if I was walking around knowing that I wasn't a murderer, that maybe I have my faults and I have trouble sleeping, and I'm <laughs> but I'm talented. People, I have people who love me, and then all of a sudden someone's going to come out of the woodwork and go, "Hey, you should love me because I raised you until you're five. Oh, by the way, I left a gun out to where you shot somebody, kind of oh, aping uh, at my behest, and." Uh, probably ruined your life. So good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Hugs. have coffee. Yep. <laughs> I want to paint some uh, piano keys on your arm again, and let's just yep. do some pancakes. Let's yeah. do it. That's so it. I, that's why I said the movie ends where you know she uh, Sandra Bullock you know saves uh, that Katie's, Katie's new adopted sister yeah. um, from. Uh, kidnapping kind of situation, a uh, hostage type situation. And, you know, and again, it's it's all great scenes to make Sandra Bullock's character propped up as these things go on. But it ends with Katie seeing her and coming over and giving her a hug. But then I was like, as I said before, I'm like, yeah, that's probably the best you're going to get because every conversation from there is so hard. And so not probably in her best interest that it kind of goes, 
Ah, I don't know about that. I was hoping it was going to end on Katie saying, thank you for saving my sister. And then you're like, yes. okay, you yeah. could have ended on that. And we would have been like, okay, so she's not going to tell her. Or just thank you. you know? Make it ambiguous. You know, where it's like, does she recognize her? Does <laughs> she like leave it open-ended? Cause at least yeah. it's still sweet. Um, but either way, I mean, I don't think the ending is fully the problem. I think maybe some people will get frustrated that, we went through flashback after flashback after flashback to go with, yeah, so that's the whole story? Okay. But then the whole story does really complicate some of the things that you can go back and look at. Um, I wanted to also go through some of the other uh, nonsensical or laughable scenes. Um, her being treated kindly at her old house by the new owners, Vincent D'Onofrio, while she's literally just creepy standing in a field in your front yard and looks like hell and automatically is like, oh, I believe every word you're saying. Come into my home. Right. I'll give you a ride home. And even though he later says like, yeah, you've been lying since day one, then why did you invite her into your home? Like, Uh. I don't care how much of a bleeding heart attorney you are or just Mm -hmm. how they kind of make it spin Fuck you. There, that, nobody is wow. getting invited into your home yeah. uh, like that. It's it's not going to happen. And especially, like, flip the script and say Viola Davis goes out there. She is 100% not inviting that person no. back into the home. I don't care how many details. I remember, a fun story, at my old house, a person did come by my house a, a few times and he stopped one day and he was like, yeah, I actually, that was my grandmother's house. I used to live here like half my life or whatever. It's like, cool, cool, cool. See ya. <laughs> good talk. Yep. I'm not inviting you in to see how oh, we that, change things. It wasn't Nothing... good enough for you to just give him the tour? No. Like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. do you remember, remember this hutch? Huh? Yeah. Oh, you know this hutch? Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Your grandmother's house. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. So definitely not yeah. happening. Uh, I've been through that. Nope. Not going to happen. Yeah, that uh, happened way too easily. Yeah, I, like, and again... I, I, I even said... we. I watched this with uh, my wife, Melanie, and uh, I turned to her. I said, you would kill me if I just said, yeah, I'm letting a stranger just walk through our house. We got this, you know? Yeah. Especially looking like that. You know? Yeah. Come on. Take no a look way. Around. Someone who's yeah. literally, like, riding the rails, <laughs> looking oh like they God. just right? got out, like, fresh right? out the joint. Or at least from, like, borderline homeless. And you're just like, so, what's up with you? Want a tour? Yeah, Yeah, no, it's not happening. Uh, Definitely not there. Uh, The meeting, I already kind of went over all that, where it's like the information that you get and her reaction to everything being like, you burned my letters, didn't you, bitch? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, it was rough. I'm like, yeah, I know what your relationship was, but... Jesus, like you need something from these people. They don't need anything from you. Have a little bit of a (laughs) couching situation where, and they're not wrong. Everything that comes out of those parents' mouths is not wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did like that scene with the way Richard Thomas, John Boy from the Waltons, um, was talking to Vincent D'Onofrio. He was directly talking to him. He wasn't even looking over at Ruth. Yeah. Meanwhile, the wife was staring her down. Yeah. She was just like, I want to see what type of person you are. And I'm looking right at you while my husband talks. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was a good scene as far as it was structured. Correct. And, uh, it's true. It was just like, 
Now, if she said, all I want to do is know about her, she can be like one of those uh, uh, kids from Africa. You know, you can give an update on her. Yeah, give me some uh, updated photos. Just, yeah. She doesn't have to know who you are. Right. And, I would agree to that. I and, would have said, all right, that's my side as a lawyer. I will say, you can do that. How does that sound like uh, family? Okay, right. we can deal with that. And they actually have a scene earlier in the movie where she just goes, I just want to make sure she's okay. Like she makes all these like positive yeah. statements, uh, really yeah. trying to level what her expectations are with it. Mm -hmm. And then she goes fucking ham on this, uh, these adopted parents. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're not going to get anything from that. And again, yeah. sure. You spent a lot of time in prison, half your life. You're going to probably not be well adjusted. I no. get that. But read the room, lady. Like, this just yeah. started, and then you called someone a bitch who barely opened her mouth in, like, what, within two minutes? Yeah. But I yeah. will say to your point, though, I think I'm going to keep coming back to it, and we've said it yeah, multiple times. Nora Fingshite, I don't blame her for any of this. And, in fact, the fact that there's three writers on this thing, mm -hmm. I felt like it could have actually gone way worse pretty easily. But I think that when you kind of see how she plays off certain characters and the various themes that they're doing, I wonder if each person kind of had their own slant on how this movie should have gone. And then eventually somebody was like, this movie is for Sandra Bullock. We're not doing <laughs> this hard-edged thing or whatever, and it probably maybe got lighter or got more, Especially quote, forgivable producer. as it gets along. Sorry? With, with her especially being a producer. You know, she's not going to sure. paint herself in a different light. You know, she's going to want to yeah. draw that audience however she can. Absolutely. So, And this is coming off of Bird Box, of course, where, like, she's, like, you know, kind of this, you know, reluctant mother character, uh, which yeah. is kind of where she's kind of veering in. She kind of gets to do a similar thing again, this kind of protector. I think it's a, it's a, nice, yeah. it's a nice landing for something that she's interested in, but also you know, is slightly different from stuff she's done in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Because this, you know, you rarely see Sandra Bullock, you know, without makeup, but now I or, or kind of like trying to be dressed down or, or not with a smile on her face. Like when I picture no. Sandra Bullock, she's got that big picturesque smile yeah. uh, at all times. But, you know, this is obviously a different type of role, which I was into. I was fine. I was, I was mm -hmm. riding along. Like I said, first view, you know, I, I was pleasantly, satisfied i guess maybe it's a yeah. gentle word like or at least i was like huh okay but yeah. i wasn't you know exactly going i wasn't rooting i wasn't like over the moon about it It was just like okay this wasn't a nightmare <laughs> like i've said many times but i i like i said i don't blame nora fingshai i think she did the best with how this was constructed yeah. and and it moved very fast i just think there are definitely certain things that either a could have been taken out or underplayed, um, or just adjusted. I wonder uh, how faithful it was to the miniseries. Because one of the first I things was that I was going to try and find it after I watched this to like get some comparison, at least seeing one episode because it's three forty-six minute episode miniseries. Right. right. So I wanted so. to make that point for the audience as well as maybe whoever might have the same impulses. A, 
Uh, it is on BritBox that you can get a seven-day free trial right now if you want to just re- you know do the free trial and then cancel after you watch it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, one of the big things a lot of people said in their reviews was, I didn't watch the miniseries, and I would imagine that it's maybe a lot longer so that way if this movie feels compressed, if it feels compressed or like it's not uh, taking its time or any of that stuff, it's probably because they were trying to fit a much larger amount of time and a much shorter amount of time. Spoiler, yeah. that's not the case. As you mentioned, these are three 46-minute episodes, essentially TV hours. And, yeah. you know, so they literally went from, what, 138 minutes to an hour, you know, uh, a little under two hours. So yeah. they shaved 20 minutes. So that's not a big deal. So, like, for anyone who's like, oh, man, it must have been a hard adaptation – it probably could have played it pretty straight, uh, except you're doing it for kind of the the more cinematic approach to the edit. But outside of that, you had the the building blocks right there. Um, yeah. So I do I do desperately want to watch it now to kind of see what choices they made in terms of the script construction. Right. But either way, I, I think there are certain things that if I'm just trying to play it the way they presented it, I think it's yeah. more of a script problem. Um, and, and certain choices in terms of how they, uh, how you're going to perceive this character as a whole rather than being some larger problem. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I also want to add that maybe it is because it is, uh, Sandra Bullock that I'm thinking there's a reason why she killed this guy. Right. There has to be a reason and, and they're just not giving it to us in these flashback moments. That's, that's what I was, I was kind of like rooting for her because I'm like, there's no way she's killed this guy in cold blood, did her time getting out. And now she wants to be forgiven because that's unforgivable. Right. Yeah. You know? And uh, the person there who was should no forgive them is not the person who she's seeking out, you know, right. in right. a way, like the only person who could forgive her is that person. So, right. you know, uh, but we don't know all the circumstances. And that's how you see all the extra players. And like I said, I was almost more interested in the stuff that didn't have to do with her seeking out her sister and the mystery of it all more than, and I think that's maybe why the miniseries might, you know, take it a little, you know, and dissect it maybe a little easier. I don't know. And certain dialogue taken from the flashbacks or, you know, the sheriff actually saying, you know, you can stay at our place. You know, I'm sure the boys would love you uh, to be over or whatever. Right. Uh, and I'm just like, so how does she not know this family? Right. Outside of the 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 father, the now deceased sheriff, dad. Yeah. Also, you know, that sheriff is an idiot. Like <laughs> she says on the phone to him, "I have yeah. a gun and I'm gonna use it." And you're yeah. like, you know, it's gonna work. Surprise attack. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From the stealth W. Earl Brown. <laughs> yes, who, I didn't realize that until I looked up IMDb. I'm like, all right, who's in this? You know, as I'm scrolling through, I'm like, holy crap. It's fucking Warren. <laughs> yeah, he's looking for his baseball. That's all. Yeah. But and again, I think, this, I think this was, it definitely had uh, a great cast. They did a great job with that. Um, but last couple questions for you, Chris, and then we'll get yep. out of here. Um, one, um, is it 
as much of a known thing that baby shoes inside walls ward away evil spirits. And also, uh, second part to that, how can I replace all my popcorn ceilings with baby shoes? Well, Andrew, the <laughs> listeners cannot see behind me, but the series of baby shoes just dangling yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. are to ward off all the bad spirits that uh, are going to attempt to come my way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just, it's like salt over your shoulder, except you throw yeah. baby shoes constantly. Yeah, baby it's a known shoes, thing it. about you. Yeah, That's it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Creepy. I don't know. Creepy. You know what? And that's the thing. Her kids are old enough not to even need that story or believe that story. You know? Yeah. They're, they're in a renovated house. Uh, they're, you know, oh, we found these in the wall. It's like, oh, some people put weird stuff in the... Uh, yeah. The walls. That's all yeah. you had to, to say. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. You know, what else is there? Is there money in there? That's my follow-up question to that. Right. Move yeah. the baby shoes aside. Where's the money? Yeah. Are there baby bones attached to that Ooh. inside that wall? Ooh. What are we doing here? This is not going well. Why are we just so cavalier about baby cop, shoes in a wall? Cop killing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now we're stuffing babies my and putting God. them in walls. Wow. Yeah. This movie is sick. It, it takes a big swing, that's yeah. for sure. Um, uh, next question. Um, does the fact that under Washington state law, which they were in Seattle area, the fact that Katie would not have been charged for shooting the sheriff, um, does that ding the movie for you, or do you just play it out kind of like how I did in my mind where it doesn't fully change the, the tone of the story? Uh, I would say, like, I don't think she at you know, 20 ish years old knows the law. So she's going to save her sister, uh, the trouble of going through the system, the prison system, as she may, you know, think she's going to go through instead of the foster system. Sure. But she's looking to protect her. That's why she was just like, I did it, you know? Sure. And but, that makes sense until, you realize her lawyer should have been like, yes. So what really happened? Oh, that's not you being a cop killer where every waking moment in prison, somebody's going to try to kill you. Oh, this yeah. is going to be negligent homicide where you might get less years and also not be branded a cop killer. Well, it's just like that old uh, saying, you know, you go to, uh, <laughs> medical school for seven years to be called doctor uh -huh. you do one thing and you're known throughout your life as doing that one thing right you know which, it you can you can fill in the blanks yes which is for you erotic bird box fan that's fiction. it that's it <laughs> and that's Just why put you're blindfold here on. No. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it's true um, yeah it's yeah. it's uh it's it's tricky i think uh yes that's a a slight against it yeah but uh, I think regardless, I think she would save her sister by taking the blame herself, no matter I, what the law states. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, not a lot changes because Ruth still would go to jail and she would still lose her sister into foster care and, and all those things would still I mean, be the, the same. The charge would be uh, uh, child endangerment. Yes. Yeah, like I, I said, negligent homicide. Yeah. yeah, where it's her fault, but she didn't pull the trigger. Very different yeah. than that, especially once you take into account the whole, like, 
you know, this is where they were living. They're yeah. young. They, you know, they had a, got dealt a raw deal. That trial is so different if you don't just shut your mouth and go, yep, totally shot him. Totally yeah. shot him right in the face. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit different. But yeah, there, that's another one where I, I kind of wanted to, to pick apart that question. Uh, yeah. But now let's ask the real question to end this all, Chris. Did anything I just said, baby shoes or no, knock this down from a three uh, for our discussion afterwards? I'm keeping the three. Okay. Keeping the three. Um, Sandra Bullock is on your front lawn right now then, just waiting to give you a big old hug. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm going to give her a tour of the house. Apparently she lived here before. Um, Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She knows how to hang a door. It's good. Frame frame everything up. Yeah, you, know, you said you were having some house issues. She'll take care of all say, of them. <laughs> speaking of which, I don't care how mad you're at, whatever situation you're in, uh-huh. you're going to wreck all your work. Oh, yeah, I hated that scene. I was Every like, minute I was like, wreck one they, wall. you had one opportunity, one opportunity, and you're ruining it. That was, and what and happened I, to that guy? And by, that guy oh. was just like, oh, you know, this is going to be a, 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 a center for the youth. Oh yeah, you can live. You can live here and work here by yourself. Yep, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, because those scenes happen back to back, where like the office scene happens, and you're just like, um, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. why did you do this? And then and you turn around everything. and double down, and then destroy everything that is the good part of you since you got like the best part of what's happened to you since you got released. Yeah, I uh, I, I didn't care for for those and again if she's not sandra bullock and we're giving her this benefit of the doubt does this movie make sense at this point in the movie do you care to follow this person and i would argue for a lot of people no or that's when they kindly finally were like coming to their senses and going "Eh, this movie's not that good the other thing i want to point out is uh silliness of it all um she katie has a rehearsal Oh, yeah, let's, let's get there. Yep. I had that written down, too. Go ahead. So that place is empty. Yep. Her parents are there. Yep. Her, you know, her adopted foster parents, parents or yep. whatever, adopted mm-hmm. parents are there watching her. Uh-huh. What kind of rehearsal is that? I think like, it was, it, it, yeah, setting it up. Was, uh, it looked like a grand hall. It looked like uh, when we went to uh, Lincoln Center. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, and yes, I, I assume it's for in preparation for something in that same space, larger coming up soon or what have you. Here's what I rather interrogate. No offense uh, to that, but so okay. let's talk about the setup to get there. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we talked about the office scene where she yeah. calls the mom a bitch. She's swearing at them. They're going back and forth. She doesn't care. She's just yelling and screaming. She, yep. She burns the bridge, right? Flash forward, the adopted sister reads her letters, finds all these things, kind of gets yeah. up to speed with the story, reaches out to Ruth. Yep. They have a conversation, one conversation, yep. which wasn't that illuminating. It didn't like change a whole lot. Yeah. I want to know what's in these letters, by the way. I desperately want to know what yeah, the tone of these letters are. Um, yeah, um, which we never know. Um no. And and so when they have this conversation, she just goes, oh, by the way, if you want to see her, 
here's the address of the rehearsal and uh, we'll just set it up. And so it goes from there to be like, okay, so Ruth's big thing is she's trying desperately to contact her lawyer to have this go through proper channels. Yeah. Um, how in God's name is that actually happening? You literally just burned the bridge with those adoptive parents. You yeah. acted like an animal. You yeah. now are going to be like, so listen, through a secret conversation I had with your actual daughter, yeah, which you weren't supposed to know about, she told me that if there's this opportunity to see Katie play where I can keep my distance and do whatever, but I can see her, yeah. like, let me go through my lawyer who told me, after the office meeting, that's as far as he could take you. Then have that lawyer contact the people who you call the bitch and yelled at them about potentially burning your letters. Yep. And that was all set up so you can do this. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No fucking way. No, no, no. And I'm going to have my lawyer's wife drive you to the yes. to the set place and then also be fine with then going oh no change of venue take me to this shady construction site slash uh industrial area which after everything was said and done how did everyone converge at the same time yeah Cop, cops showed up and then uh after everything was said and done you know uh uh katie's sister is in the back of the ambulance with the parents in tow. I'm like, yeah. how much time has passed? <laughs> you know, cause they, yeah. they were like flying from the venue as soon as they heard what from who I would assume once it, that hostage situation ended and, and yeah. the d- daughter came out that that's when they get them on the horn. But you know, sure. uh, or at least maybe once Viola Davis calls the cops that yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe two and two get put together. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But I don't know. <laughs> again, preposterous doesn't make any sense. And if that's the end of your movie, you got to go. Uh. Yeah. So <laughs> this? I wrote a note. Everything in its right place. Oh, Radiohead. Yeah, they did play the, the song at the end, right? When she was playing that piano part, as soon as it started, I'm like, is that Radiohead? That sounds like Radiohead. Is that that Radiohead song? And I'm yes, turning to my is. wife. I'm going, is that the Radiohead song? She's like, what are you talking about? So I play her the Radiohead song. She can't hear it. I'm like, that's what she she was playing on piano. What this is, this right. is. And she's like, I, I don't know why I married you. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, can we go back to the part where she played no scrubs on the piano? That was a very oh my good God. time. Yeah. 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 We were we were jamming out to that one when that <laughs> happened. She knows that song, but she doesn't know Radiohead <laughs> from Kid A. Come on. Yeah. So your wife doesn't work for Rolling Stone magazine? I no, she does not. Yeah. No. no. Okay. No. <laughs> well, even with all that said, you know, yeah. your questionable marriage uh, be damned. I appreciate you being here for talking me through all this. And so even with, again, me interrogating the fact that the whole uh, ending of the movie doesn't make sense, still don't want to come off that three-star ledge? Nope. Doing nope. the three. Doing the three. You're like the- I got uh, the- offset yours. <laughs> you're like the the health inspector who goes in the restaurant like everything's fine and then you go home yeah. and you're like why do i have why am i itching everywhere and have all these bugs in my shoes you're like nah nah it's fine it's fine give it I'll a give, you a good give, score, give it a b as long as yeah. you give me a good sandwich from there you know exactly yeah they said uh, free <laughs> subs for life so we're good um awesome. 
But again, man, uh, glad to have you back. Glad to to go through glad this because you know, like you said uh, before, we're, we're we're keeping it light. We're keeping it fun. You we know, have to. you know, there are there are some. <laughs> it's interesting how light you could be with a movie where we also mention things like you know, babies, babies, uh, baby shoot <laughs> warding off spirits, and <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. And, and, and yeah. yeah. Yep. But I appreciate wow. it, man. And uh, what do you what do you got going on? Anything uh, that the people's uh, gonna check in with old old Chris Ferdell? You know, you know what happens. You know what happens. I'm in all the socials. Okay, look That's me true. up. Arguing with myself, and I may surprise you. I may have something <laughs> written. I may have a silly picture. I don't know. Maybe I'll do video. You might be standing on someone's front lawn. That's true. That's it. You know what? <laughs> That's the picture. I'm going to do it. Instead of Sandy, it's going to be me. Yeah. Um, Do it in comic book boxes where it's like Viola Davis in one frame, like, John, there's someone on our front lawn. It's just you in the distance just staring. That's it. Have you listened to Nomcast? (laughs) That's it. It's right there. I used to be the foreign correspondent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Come on in. (laughs) oh god nice hutch yeah (laughs) i scratched it with a nail i don't know i don't know uh but that that's uh yeah follow chris get on those things because you're gonna get some kind of freaky (laughs) freaky picture probably from this uh conversation right now and fiction it's wonderful yes whether it's the cover of his famous uh famous novels or whether it's uh you know that's you got to get something new because they're they're working on that bird box too. You know oh, they're God. doing uh yeah. you know kind of like a fear of the Walking Dead kind of uh, expansion overseas. Yeah. So and then you get to be old. yeah you get to be foreign and in your bird box zone. So it's if all I good. don't come back for that, uh, you're doing me a disservice. Yeah, <laughs> it is El Bird Box now. El Bird Box. <laughs> El Bird Box. <laughs> All right, dude. Good to talk to you. We'll have you on very soon. Appreciate you for taking the time. And happy non-cast days. Yes. And Merry (laughs) Christmas. Happy New Year to you, sir. We'll see you in 2022, Lord willing. That's right. That's right.